Welcome to the Apple of Truth and our second summoning episode. I'm Lena. And that was Tinkerbell. And I'm Vero. And the three of us hope you are sitting comfortably while listening to us reminisce about season two of Lucifer. Whoop, whoop, whoo! And those of you who listened to our first summoning episode, this is going to be very, very similar, even though hopefully we've learned a bit from the last one and got a bit better. Also, it's going to be hopefully very entertaining because we never can agree on anything. So we decided to roll a dice to see who starts which segment and depending on the luck of the dice it might be always the same person yeah me because i'm living in ireland and that means that i have a lot of luck right the luck of an irish is that a racist stereotype it's a positive stereotype which definitely makes it okay i was about to say are positive stereotypes not still stereotypes so for the last we'll see how long probably 10 to 15 minutes we'll see we will do our little prediction bit and little chat about season three there will be again a musical partition and you will be warned with a song you will be warned many times essentially you will be warned because be aware when we talk about the future there might sneak in pieces from season four season five maybe even season six even though that doesn't even exist yet exists in someone's head in our heads <laughs> before we get into the first segment let's roll the d20 and see which one of us is starting it three two one roll the dice Oh, wow. <laughs> I have a one. I have three. Fuck <laughs> you. There is something. I won. Okay, we're going to start off a Lucifer season two related segment where we going to first talk about characters they, in our opinion, got the most and least development over season two. And I would love to start with the character that had the most development. I was thinking really hard about this because there's a lot of really, really cool stuff. We get introduced to some new characters. But I ended up going with Lucifer. I see Lina's shooketh face. I am shooketh. Shooketh to my core. The reason I did this is because he starts off very much self-centered, typical Lucifer, who for the first time in his life realizes that he values somebody over himself. Which is when he saves Chloe and makes the deal with dad at the end of season one. And from there, he goes on this journey of self-love and learning how to appreciate who he is and that somebody else can appreciate that as well. And in the end, he actually does something about it. So he gets over his insecurities and when he learns that she is a gift, he decides to step away and rather keep the friendship than forcing Chloe into something that in his opinion would not be her choice. Which I think is a massive, massive development for him because he would never be this selfless in season one. When you first said your choice, I did not agree. And now I don't have any base to disagree. <laughs> yes. You argued your point extremely well. I still think my most development character got an even wider path. So my most development character is Daniel. Fair. Because he, through the season, even though in the one episode the writers did this stupid callback, he got over Chloe. Hi, Kitty. 
Hi, Tinkerbell. She's going to be very talkative today, right? I mean, I did introduce her as a part of this episode, so she fucking better. At least she's loud enough that we can really hear her. So that's nice. So then did get over Chloe, which was hard for him. But not only did he get over Chloe, he also got over his jealousy issues regarding Chloe. Because just because you accept that a relationship is over does not mean that you're actually willing to see your former significant other in a relationship. And this growth part was very realistically done and very healthily done. He also became a less bad cop. He still has this grayish moral base, which actually is helpful in certain situations. So I do hope that he will not evolve completely out of this. He found something for himself that gives him joy, gives him a way to focus on himself for self-care, which is also super important and a very positive thing and takes most people years to actually manage. And also he has grown into such a good friend for several characters on the show, Chloe, Amanadiel, and even Lucifer, if you look at it from certain perspectives. So for me, the douchebag that Dan was in season one and the person he is now at the end of season two, that's just such a huge development. And I'm very curious how the death of in quotation marks Charlotte is gonna affect this evolution that she went through that was definitely one of the other ones that I considered but I just felt strongly about Lucifer and I wanted to give him something because I don't think that he did win any of my other categories Fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, you really bring out really good points. And you are absolutely right, obviously. Now, to the character that got the least development. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say we have the same one. Well, I have kind of two options. One is not really the least amount of development, but the most chaotic development. Then the other one is my backup if you don't accept this. (laughs) Okay, I'm curious. I'm gonna go with Mace. And as much as it pains me, she did have so many beautiful moments where her character got so much better. And then we've talked about it in the episodes. Suddenly you have one episode before the finale, this selfish demon who doesn't listen to her friend. And that in comparison in how she treats Linda, it's just it doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm really, really disappointed in this because Mace is one of my favorite characters. And maybe that's why I'm so so sensitive about her and her development. I always feel that in season two, Mace does three steps back and then we have to start all over again. And then maybe she even manages four steps in total over the course of a few episodes and then one episode undoes it all over again. And so what I agree with you that it's chaotic When you look to the end of season one or to the episode one of season two and to the last episode of season two, I feel that she has even more regressed than she had been in the beginning of the season. So maybe it's more accurate to say that she had negative development. In fairness, though, we see that her emotions definitely got some way developed because she not only cares about Linda, she also 
clearly has an emotional attachment to Lucifer. But now I'm super curious what your backup character was. So this one hurts me even more. Oh no, it's not. It's Trixie. Oh my god. However, I think that's the reason for her no development whatsoever is the fact that she is a child. She is portrayed as a child, smart child, very good child and lovable child. But she doesn't have any of her own story arc currently anyway. I hope that they're gonna give her something but currently she is just the child of Chloe and this is all she is pretty much. Painful but accurate. See? Yeah. We are way too much in agreement my dear. This is not as entertaining as our bad recording days as someone called it. We should probably drink more then. Oh well if you tell me to I can't say no. Spoiler alert we're drinking. I don't think that's a spoiler alert anymore. I pretty much call everything a spoiler alert. Cry wolf. Cry wolf? Yeah that means that nobody's gonna believe you that it's an actual spoiler alert because you overuse it. However that just means that when Lena says spoiler alerts nobody is gonna get alerted anymore so more likely I should be the one saying it because I try not to say it when it's not actually a spoiler. Maybe. So we move on to the second part of the Lucifer related segment. Well okay let's battle. Alright three two one roll the dice. Listen tell me your number and I'm gonna tell you how unnecessary high it was. I have a 19. I have two so. (laughs) (laughs) So the second part of our first Lucifer related segment is of course mummy issues. In season one, we talked about all the daddy issues that were covered in the show. And let's not kid ourselves, there still is a humongous amount of daddy issues even in this season. But as I said in the final episode for season two, this whole season could have been called Lucifer's mom. Because it was mostly about Lucifer's mom. And it was not only about her, it was also about relationships that everyone had to her. And we've seen this with Amenadiel throughout the entire season. His destiny desperate desire to get the acceptance and the appreciation from his mom because he felt so vulnerable after having to accept basically that his father never really loved him like he thought he did and everything and so he completely got hooked onto the skirt basically of mom I have no idea what the English expression is but in German you say that you're basically holding on to someone's skirt I know your expression I'm wondering what's the English equivalent so you also don't know it. I love it when we both don't speak the language. We're doing the podcast and we're so good. So with him being so closely oriented with mom, it was very, very obvious, but it was also very one tone. And Lucifer's relationship and Lucifer's mummy issues were a lot more complex, I felt, because yes, he did have issues, but his were far more layered. Because yes, just like a Amenadiel, he sought a certain affirmation from his mom, especially when it later comes to Chloe and he thinks that mom finally has come around to agree with him that Chloe is like a worthy human and everything but also because he felt so utterly betrayed by her because he thought that she was the one responsible for him being in hell when in fact she only had him cast down into hell to save his life according to her own words so who knows if that's even true. 
But he has taken it as true from her, so this is now his reality. And to get over this hurt trust, as much as I'm not a fan of the entire mom thing, I feel that Lucifer's mommy issues were layered enough and dealt with well enough in therapy that it was actually helpful. One part of the mommy issues that I find extremely confusing, and I hope you have some thoughts on that, how was it that everyone accepted it's so easily that she is Lucifer's stepmom. I mean, why not? It felt so out of nowhere to me. I think that because of their behavior, it just kind of made sense because they've been behaving towards each other in a family way, in sorts. And then if you say, oh, she's a stepmom, nobody's going to question the age difference. Nobody's going to question anything, really. Because, you know, that's been years ago, possibly. But it just felt to me like a plausible explanation to how they behaved towards each other before. It is plausible but everyone just, not just accepting it, but oh, it makes perfect sense. It does. To me it doesn't, but okay, so you agree with the show and I'm the odd one out. And also, my last part of the mummy issues are also her issues. Because not only do the characters have issues with mom, mom herself had so many issues. Her whole relationship with God, her complete fucked up relationship to her children. So I feel like Linda really should have been mom's therapist, at least for a few sessions. I didn't actually look at it that way, but most of what you said kind of makes sense and I pretty much agree with it. My biggest adept for the mommy issues in general was obviously Eminidil, who, as you so nicely said, pretty much was running and hiding under her skirts the entire time because he felt betrayed and whatever. We've talked about this in very, very deep discussions <laughs> during the episodes. I kind of liked that Lucifer starts out as looking for mom's approval and trying to get on her good side because he is so deprived of parental love that he is looking for it everywhere. But then eventually he, thank fuck, realized that she is not what she presents herself to be to him and realize that it's all bullshit and he should not trust her. Which, in one way, in the last episode, you can still see that he loves her very much and that he found a way for her to live on without destroying half of his family. And he did that because he loves her. There is no doubt in my mind about that. So I like that Lucifer started with the mummy issues and eventually worked through them and therefore I don't really need her to come back to finish anything up, any story arc. I would hate it if she ever come back out of the other dimension, even though in theory she has the blade. At least the blade is in the same universe as she is. But she doesn't have the full blade. You're right, now the pieces are in two different universes, so no way to assemble it. Thank fuck. Now, we have to roll the dice because I'm so proud of my pick here. Okay, let's do it. Three, Three two, two, one, rolly! I have an eight. I have a 15. Fuck! So the next segment is my favorite relationship of the show. And we're not talking just about romantic relationships or anything like that. We're talking in general. So I have two different options and I still haven't decided which I'm going to go with. I have one that's quite obvious and I have one that's kind of near and dear to my heart. And I'm probably going to go with the second one when I'm looking at it. I'm going to go with Lucifer and Emanadil. I did not see that coming. 
I think that over season two, they have a few moments, genuinely a good amount of moments, where we get to see their relationship as brothers. And it's just so heartwarming to see Aminadil getting into the position where he is protective of Lucifer, where you see the love on each side, mainly from Aminadil, because Aminadil is the emotional one, essentially, probably. Lucifer is usually deflecting and when Amenadiel is talking emotion, he is talking honest emotion. Yeah. So we've had a few bits and pieces where we get to see that sibling love and it is great. It is grand and it is beautiful to see. I think it has a big, big potential to the future and I just really hope that we get to see them being actual real brothers because that's something I want to see. That's something I can identify with because I too have siblings and we too have had battles amongst each other and in the end of the day we are family and we do love each other, I'd like to think. So seeing a representation of that on telly is always nice. I did not expect you to go for that relationship. I was pretty sure that you were gonna go with Mace and Trixie. That was my other choice, that's why I said it's the obvious one. Well, I don't think you're gonna find my choice obvious, because I went with Ella and her relationship to everything. That actually is something that I considered very, very briefly. <laughs> because Ella and her relationship with science. Ella and her relationship with her teammates. Ella and her relationship with Lucifer. Ella and her relationship with the ladies as a group, and of course, Ella and her relationship to her backstory. So pretty much Ella and her relationship to everything. Every kind of relationship Ella has, be it inside the story, outside the story, with characters, with ideas, with God even. It's absolutely my favorite. It's just this perfect bundle. And when I look back at the first episode Ella showed up and you were like, oh, she's awesome. And I was like, nah. And by now she just is up there because she's just so great. I'm glad that you love her as much as I do. This is why I'm so proud because I was sure you didn't see this coming. <laughs> well, we can roll for the next segment now. Three, two, one, go. Ha! I have an 18. I have a 4. 40! 40 on a d20. I think not, my dear. I'm rolling actually with two of them, so... So you pick... Are you kidding me? Kick one out. No, Jesus, I'm joking. The next segment is each one is supposed to pick a favorite episode of season two. And non-surprising, neither of us was able to just pick one. So I picked a top three. I don't know if Vero picked a top three or a top five. She's signaling me that she also picked a top three. So let's go back and forth. So my top one episode is episode six, Monster. Oh, I do not have that one. Do you remember which episode it is? It's the one after Lucifer kills his brother and he hates himself a lot. Exactly. It's when he's all self-destructive and everything. Yep. Well, in a kind of a nice way to go on to my favorites is episode 5 weaponizer because that put me through such emotional suffering that it just stayed with me which one was the weaponizer weaponizer is the one where lucifer actually kills uriel 
Ah, right. And the whole way that they shot the one event causing the next and stuff. How do you call it again? Ripple effect. The butterfly effect. So the whole situation with the ripple effect and everything, it was just really, really well shot. And I remember there was a bunch of really, really good songs in that episode. And the emotions were running extremely high on this. So that's why I picked that one. Did not make it into my top three. My second, my top two episode is Candy Morning Star episode 14. Same! Yes! Jinx girl! Yay! (laughs) Because Candy is just so amazing. I remember both of us screaming about Candy the entire time for like two hours. We pretty much quoted half the episode it felt like and even though I had certain parts that I was complaining about they also dealt really well with the problematic trope parts that I had my issues with so I really really enjoyed this episode and Candy in itself was just she was fucking brilliant she was on point so I'm gonna end up with my top episode and I have an inkling that might be the same one as you have and it's episode 13 good day to die nope no that's not my top three okay my choice reasoning is it's the episode where Lucifer goes back to hell and that whole segment and the end where we have Emanidio standing in the doorway it's the mid-season finale and the epicness of the ending and the fact that we got to see hell for the first time and that we got to speculate about why and how people end up in hell and all of these things. It was just so strong for me that it just needed to end up in the top three. My third place in my top three is God Johnson episode 16. That was so close. I mean, Timothy. So for one, it's Timothy Amundsen, which is, of course, a huge factor. But also, over the course of this episode, we have this denial by Lucifer that God Johnson is his father, his then coming to acceptance that he is his father, him coming to certain terms with his father, then doing the whole parent trap thing, but also him kind of being happy that his parents seem happy, this, this very short moment. And then at the very end, right before it becomes clear that it's the belt buckle, God Johnson turns over to him and says, Samuel, I'm really proud of you. And you have this soul deep expression on Lucifer's face and then to see all this turn to fury again when he realizes that his father would never say these things to him that was just ah plus it was comedic gold in parts that's true and we have talked about the way this episode was shot and we even that was the first time I think we looked up the director because we were so amazed by the way it was done so yeah that is a very solid choice it had to be in the top three and I I argued with me a lot if candy or if god were gonna be top two or top three but in the end this is how it went hey now we're gonna get into a segment that's probably gonna be a little bit messier even than it was now but first we're gonna roll the dice three two one and this time you say it first it's a natural 20 baby fuck you i have an 11 so it's not that hard to beat but nothing beats a natural 20 except a natural 20 i mean i didn't know what natural 20 was a few weeks ago but you know I'm happy I'm glad I don't know how to play D&D you should learn or at least learn some kind of pen and paper because it's fun and amazing is it no okay now we have another segment 
segments where we talk about the music. And I think that it is fitting that I am the one introducing it because I'm supposed to be the music guru of the podcast. And we said, let's pick one favorite song of season two, which is something that we tried to do for season one. Didn't go that well. Didn't work back then. It still didn't work. So this time I have even more songs. But I'm going to try to narrow it down to three. Don't, I have five. Okay, so I'm going to narrow it down to five. I'm going to start with the one and the only Valerie Broussard, which I completely forgot that she had another song. So she is up to three right now. And I think it was episode two. She had a song called Trouble. That is my top four. Ooh, look at that. So this is my fifth favorite song is Trouble by Valerie Broussard. What's your number five? My number five is by The Clash. Should I stay or should I go now? I've decided against putting that one on my list because I was trying to find ones that I do not know from before. But that was the only reason it's not on my list. I also like the moment it was in the show. It fit in perfectly. So it had to be on my list, which is the reason why I have a top five and not a top four. (laughs) Well, listen, I said that I wasn't going to pick songs that I didn't know from before. However, I did... (laughs) put as my number four I did put all along the watchtower (gasps) that's my top one oh my god girl whatever made your top one if that isn't it I am shook to the core just you wait just you wait I'm appalled if your top one is not Eternal Flame sung by Tom Ellis I'm gonna lose my mind I can tell you right now it is not oh my god how dare you All Along the Watchtower was a song that you can pick if you're gonna use the Bob Dylan version or no by Tom Ellis obviously or by Tom Ellis obviously but any version of this song is just Amazing. (laughs) So my number three is by Pat Benatar, Heartbreaker. That is a good song. I did consider putting it on my list, but I think there was a better one. Fighting for number three. My number three is Old Habits by Hot Buddies in Motion. That's not even remotely on my list. Not my song. Hot Buddies in Motion have a couple of different songs throughout season two, but this one is definitely my favorite. It's a catchy song, it's fun, and you you remember it. If you hear it, you immediately know that you know it. Some songs are a little bit forgettable. I don't feel Old Habits is one of those. Well, if you say so. Number two, then. Number two. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm going to stop with Hamilton references. I ended up going with this really heartbreaking, sad song. And the reason why I went for it is it gives me very strong, like, Bob Dylan, Leonard Cohen vibes. And it's called Whirlwind of Rubbish by Gavin Clark. Okay, I thought for a second that you might have the same choice as I have because mine is also very heartbreaking and mine is We Don't Eat by James Winston McMorrow. We don't eat until your father set the table. I get teary-eyed every time I listen to this song. Solid choice. Well, I mean, we know your number one, but my number one, it is a song. Drum roll, please. <laughs> It's called Great Night and is by Need to Breathe featuring shovels and rope. <laughs> I remember the band. Of course you do. But not the song. It's a song that I could probably not sing 
to you right now. But every time I hear it, it just makes me really happy. It's fun. It's good. It's just very enjoyable. What made you put it in your top one? Just because it's from Shovels and Rope, which are our nicknames, if I remember correctly. I, even though I don't remember why we decided on that. But you were Shovels and I was Ropes. That we were, yes. Every single time I hear this song, it's entertaining. It's fun. It's something that is very Lucifer and obviously a part of the reason why I picked this as a number one is because of the band and the band name. See, that is not enough for a top one for me. Honestly, it is a very good song. A top one needs to touch me in the heart, which is why for me, All Along the Watchtower, sung by Tom Ellis, is definitely the top one of season two. No, it's an amazing song. It's a song that definitely was one of the first ones that came to mind when I started thinking about the top. For some reason, I thought it was in the last season. So when I was going through the playlist for season two, this was at the very end because we edited the songs sung by the cast when they came out. So they were the lowest on the list. And so it's like, fuck, right, that's there. <laughs> well, we had the Jimi ha Hendrix version there, so... Okay, so, before we go into the next segment, it is time to roll the dice again, my dear. Three, two, one, woo! Oh, wow. What do you have? A natural 20 again, somehow. Well, I'm right in the middle, I have a 10. I do not know how that happened. So, you all know, who are on Twitter, that we do our weekly polls. We started doing them, we haven't really talked about them in the episodes, so we kind of figure that we're gonna talk about them in the summoning episode. So, we each picked a bunch of our favorite ones and we're gonna present to you and argue our, our point if we won, if we lost. Unfortunately, we are recording this about halfway through the poll for episode 16, so unfortunately the last two episodes are not included, but they will be in the next summoning episode. Either that or you can just send us a stir talking to that we did not include your favorite polls if they were in the end. Let's go from... I'm gonna choose the one that's on the third place for me. It's the one that I kind of won and it's the one from the very beginning. It's actually from the 2nd of July. It is regarding Lucifer's mom and his prudishness. So Lucifer acts very prudish with his mom slash Charlotte. The reason for it is A. It's his mother, duh, which won with 75%, or B, it's just a human shell. Now, this is something that we talked about to each other, and I still stand by my decision, and I still stand by the result of this poll, and that is the fact that if Lucifer's mom is in a shell and somebody's gonna sexualize her, they are essentially sexualizing his mom, not just the body, to me. And I then therefore understand why Lucifer was so upset. I didn't argue that he should not be upset, but he turned into a huge prude. Just because she's your mother doesn't mean that she does not have any reason or agenda or right to be sexy, to dress sexy. He took ginormous issue when she was wearing Maze's outfit and he takes no issue when Maze wears outfits like that. And I don't like it when people use different rules just because 
because she's his mom, she can't be sexy or anything. I don't think that that was the point. I don't think that he was trying to make her not to be sexy. I think he was just very defensive of her. Why? He's a freaking celestial. I personally, if I would put myself in his shoes, I don't want to see it. But you're human. And Lucifer is the most human-like angel that we've met. He's also the most sex positive. Are you saying that I'm not sex positive if I don't want to see my parents? He doesn't have to watch her, but he should not censor her. Okay, fair enough. I still think that you were judging him way too harsh on this. Possibly, and the internet seemed to agree with you. Good. Now, you go. My third on my list for favorite polls that we had was... We disagreed on many things this week back in September, but especially on this one. What is the correct order going into the bowl? Cereal, then milk, milk, then cereal, cereal, milk, cereal. I knew you were gonna pick this one. And in this one, my opinion won by a landslide, which is, of course, duh, cereal first, then milk. I'm just saying that there are moments where it can be reversed. Interesting, though, if you go cereal with milk, possibly this might be the best thing. But if you would go cereal and yogurt, would you put it in the same order or would you go reverse order? With yogurt, you go yogurt, cereal, yogurt. What? No! You go cereal and then yogurt, so you know how much yogurt you need to put in. No. It's a good thing we never have to watch each other prepare breakfast. That is deeply shaken me. Okay, speaking of failures, I'm gonna present another poll that would be number two for me. It's not the one that I exactly won, but is the one that it was my own fault. And it is from August the 6th. Who deserves hell more? Improv quotation mark actors, Viola quotation mark players, and Vero. Which obviously I should have seen that come in. You shot yourself in the foot. When I wrote down that option, obviously some people, and I'm not gonna name anybody, taken over that poll and voted me to be the most deserving of hell. However, I just want to point out that improv quotation mark actors placed on the second place. With how many votes? The votes are not important. Is it one and it's from you? No, I voted for the Viola players. Duh. It was 18% of the votes. Mm-hmm. I see. I'm pretty sure it was at least three. If you say so. I did not put that poll into my top three because I kind of wanted you to give an opportunity to say face, but apparently you don't have any aspiration for that. I'll be happy in hell. I mean, never-ending suffering is kind of what I do. It's not gonna be that much different to normal life so same procedures every day at least it's warm there my second place is a theme or a question that in my opinion still hasn't been answered the poll was very close and i hope in the future this is answered for real and it is from august 13 and it is In this episode, Lucifer and Ella talk briefly about safe sex and Lucy being responsible. Do you think he uses human protection, as in condoms, or his angelic mojo magic? I argued heavily that he's using his angelic mojo magic and that option won, but just barely. It was just that one vote that pushed it over the edge. I am still quite doubtful that Lucifer is having an angelic mojo protection. In my mind, angelic 
semen just burnt through a condom, so... Well, I mean, he could have his own way. He has angelic condoms. Possibly. I'd be on board with that. Fuck, we should have included that option. That just sounds like a dildo. Maybe? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I went there. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm not that sorry. We're not sorry at all. Sexual pleasure is nothing negative. I'm gonna end up with my top. And that actually is the one that we are running right now. And I am extremely disappointed that currently my favorite option is not winning. But mine is leading. I know. I'm just, you know, currently can't take my eyes off of you is leading the pack. But I have posted this poll and as I was typing it down, I couldn't figure out which one was my favorite. And as I said when I shared this on Twitter, the minute I actually voted, I realized that I actually do have a favorite. And it is the one that, out of the three, the least famous. And it's true by Spandau Ballet. And I think that's the reason why I like it the most, because both of the other ones that are just so overplayed for me that I can't really pick them. I have never heard Can't Take My Eyes Off Of You anywhere besides in relation to 10 Things I Hate About You. Because you don't listen to jazz. Bitch, what? Clearly, if you haven't li- heard it in other places. Never mind. I'm not gonna fight you on that you look like you're gonna jump through the screen at- and like... <laughs> smother me with a pillow or something. No, no, no. I'm gonna beat you to death with a fucking saxophone. Okay. You just said that I don't listen to jazz. Well, clearly, if you haven't heard this song in other contexts but the Heat Ledger one... She still hates me. Yeah. You're welcome. We're both halfway through this and she already hates me. Well, I did say in the beginning we were agreeing too much. So I guess that's what I get for that. What can I say except... You're you're welcome. welcome. My favorite poll that we had so far is definitely the one from July 9th. This week we're looking for your help on this very important quest for truth. Do angels eat and poop? This was by far our most active poll because I'm pretty sure it got hijacked by the Supernatural fandom who obviously have no idea how angels work in general, not even on their own show. Because I got into several arguments with people in the comments and had to explain to them certain things about Supernatural. Sadly, neither of the two options that I would have been happy with won. But the one option that I am not happy with in any way, shape or form did win. Because 38% voted... No, they do neither. When we do see proof, both on Lucifer and on Supernatural, that angels eat. So, in my opinion, a no is just proof that you are not watching your shows carefully enough. I love that you finished up on the salty notes. I want to know what your backup was. My backup was, and the only reason this didn't make it in the top three, is because my option, my favorite option, ended up being second. And it is from the 10th of September. Squabble we get into this week's episode, which pickup line is the worst. And the options were, was it Earthquake or did you just rock my world? Which is the one that was actually set in the episode. 
Did it hurt when you fell from heaven, which is one of the grossest things ever. Pick up lime, which is something that Lena came up with. And then my favorite option, which I unfortunately failed to vote for after I specifically <laughs> wrote it in. All of the above. All of the above gained 27% of the votes. And did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Won this poll with 45% of the votes, which, you know better than nothing i am still very happy with the results i just want to say for the record i did not come up with the pickup lime a friend of mine told me about this because he did it once he wrote his number on a lime and he gave it to a woman you came to me with it that's what i meant my backup tweet if we had needed it was the one from july 30th and that is which of the names taken from various horror movie characters slash creators was the best homage to the genre in episode six and this is one of our least voted poll which to me felt very very sad but i really really liked the episode i mean it did make it into my top three and i really enjoyed all the references and everything all right next up on the list and since this is something that only i have the notes to we're not gonna talk about who started it's the questionnaire list that i keep track of at the bottom of my notes that our wonderful believer patrons can get for every episode release. So for season one, we still have a few questions that we're tracking and not having any answers to. One question that's still open is, would Chloe have turned in Dan after she learned about Palmetto slash the gun if he had not done so himself? Next question. Why was the dialogue scene between Dan and Malcolm cut in season one, episode 12? Because it gives us so much needed information why they are still working together. A question that has been potentially answered, but I still refuse to struggle like do angels on Lucifer have souls? We have now confirmation that mom has a soul. We have accepted that God probably has a soul. There is no official confirmation about angels. What is the Menadiel's goat story for Lucifer that is mentioned in season 1, episode 11? For whom does Tom Ellis as a person fanboy? Why is the music in a different pitch than the original songs on the show? Did they have an on-set consultant therapist? Will Josh from season one episode two go to hell even though he does not feel any remorse or guilt why does lucifer despise children and cats just because they're boring to him there is nothing in biblical lore that would support either his despising of children nor his despising of cats and the final question for season one that is still not answered where does lucifer get his money from yes so the bit with the despising children and cats, I still think that is mainly your question because I am completely fine with him throwing out quips about things being annoying and actually feeling differently about them or, you know, not caring at all. That's fine. Season two has a lot less questions, which can be seen as a plus or as a minus. It's all up to you. So questions for season two that still are open are writing questions season two episode one what came first the knowledge of or rather the wanting to use the song all along the watchtower or the writing of the end of the episode how do lucifer and amenadiel magic themselves without the aid of working wings through seemingly closed doors walls and upstairs what type of contraception does lucifer use magical or condoms yes I'm keeping this in. The pulse is not enough of an answer. Who is running or rather managing Lux? Still Mace 
or a manager. And the final question, what is the time ratio between Earth and Hell? How much time passes in Hell for one second on Earth? Hey, that is an exhausting list of questions. It's not even half a page. Okay, well, we now officially have finished a segment about Lucifer. I feel like that needs to be celebrated. Yes, definitely. Okay, let's do this. Apfart. Apfart. Did you have green? Mm. Same. <laughs> uh, I always forget how green it tastes. And it just tastes green. There is no other way to describe it than it tastes green. And people never believe me when I tell them until they tried it. Then you can see the green all over their faces. Yeah. So we go now into the next part of the summoning episode, which is the feedback. And the feedback in itself has three segments, which is Twitter, emails, reviews. And because we are super prepared, we don't need to roll the die. We can just divide it evenly amongst us. So take the floor. Isn't dice the sing? No, dice is the plural. No, die is a is one die and two dice. Well, in my brain it was dice and dices. That's why I always say roll two die instead of roll the die because I think it's funny. It's not, but I see where you're coming from. If you drink enough, it's funny. Oh, if you drink enough, everything's funny. Especially me. Especially us. Wink, wink, listeners. If you don't have a glass of booze in your hand, you probably should get some because it's about to get wild. It's just gonna get worse is what she meant to say so first part of the feedback segment is twitter we got feedback via twitter dm so let this be a lesson to you all you can write to us on any of all the available ways we will read it and we will have it and in this wonderful feedback there was a question by luke and the question is is there a particular song you hope gets featured in the upcoming musical episode? It may be on the nose, but I would like a rendition of Madonna's Like a Prayer, a song it took me way too long to realize it was about sex. And to this wonderful question, I have to say, I never realized Like a Prayer was about sex. I always <laughs> thought it was about a wet dream. For me, it was more about masturbation and about sex, but apparently, Lucas right, it is about sex. I did my Google. I had not realized that. So, well, I am 36 years old my name is lena and i did not know that so a song in general not just for the musical episode to be honest when i first read the feedback i read it wrong so my first note was wrong and then i was i liked it too much to delete it so a song i would like to hear in general on the lucifer soundtrack is beautiful people in the Marilyn Manson version. Okay, I'm not sure I actually know that. I think it's a bit too hard rock for the normal. I mean, we did have Metallica played by Lucifer. Metallica's for softies. Sorry. <laughs> but then after I realized that I read the question wrong, I thought about which song I would like to hear in the musical episode. And to be perfectly honest, I would prefer them to only have original songs in the musical episode. But if they are going to use covers to convey feelings, then my song that I would very much love to hear in there is Time in a Bottle by Jim Crock. And I want it sung by Lucifer to Chloe in an attempt to finally address the issue of him being immortal and her being mortal. Do you know the song? I don't think I do. 
I absolutely adore this song. I feel like the lyrics from the first to the very last word would fit the situation between Lucifer and Chloe and the whole issue of immortality and mortality between them very, very well. And it's also simply a fucking amazing song. So that is definitely my pick what song I would like to hear in a musical episode. Okay, I didn't have one before we started this segment, but I... You don't have to tell them. I decided to go with a song that we have mentioned and teased on previous episodes, and it is one of my favorite songs. And it is about love for something greater than you are and losing what you love, and it's the day the music died. Is it by Madonna? No, 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 no. God, no. Did she cover it? She did cover it, though. It originally is by Don McLean. And the version that he does, the original, is absolutely amazing. It is one of my favorite songs. I think it's the, it's the, the better version that I've heard of it is the original. And I agree fully with you that this would also be an amazing pick. Let's get to the emails! We're gonna be reading out two emails, both of them, surprisingly, from our patrons. Summoning episode two feedback. Hi there! This is from... Lottie. Lottie actually wrote us an email after season one as well. So, hi Lottie, we love you. Aregula. Hey there, how is season two actually over? You did just start with this podcast thing yesterday, so how did that happen? And now we go to the points. Your descriptions or info box makes me really happy. I do tend to find myself coming back to them to read something, following up on stuff you said. It's very practical and makes me very happy. So this is the description that we put to the episode. Wherever you listen, you should have a little description. We usually try to capture at least some of the talking points in the episode. And sometimes a little bit of sass comes through. What? Never. Some really great Lottie actually likes this. So the next one is about me. I like very much how Vero says previously on. Previously on. And this is exactly why we're going to keep doing this, even when we have to move over to Netflix. Also, in general, I like what you did with the previously on. All the inputs needed to be up to date again without losing too much time. Same goes for the IMDb stuff. So that is praise for both of us. We really do try. Thank you, Lottie. Still loving the tangents, or devils in the detail, one might say. Also, very proud of Vera for doing her own tangents. And the playlist. I feel like this email is just about me, so I'm very happy. Thank you. Loving the thing. Little heart emoji. So I feel like there's a lot of love coming from there. Your season 5A special was just on point. I'm actually really glad to hear that. I feel like there was a whole bunch of points where we did not exactly agree. But I think that's part of the podcast now, isn't it? Even when you have bad recording days, you still, or even more, manage to make me laugh, which I think is very precious. See, people like it when we're not agreeing. I told you so. I just say that I don't like editing it. Whatever. Yeah, that's our problem, not our listeners' problem. Yeah, fair enough. And I really enjoy listening to you two rumbling and discussing and disagreeing most of the time. My head screams, yes, yes, exactly, about a point one of you made. So, you know, we're offering you guys more than one perspective, which is kind of what we wanted to go for. And I suppose we're very happy that that comes through, not as just meaningless bickering. Meaningless? Anything you or me say, how dare you? 
I'm curious to see how you will manage the extremely long season 3, but I do believe in you. Have fun, stay sane, and please hydrate and do the sport. Eat healthy! Have fun with this on Friday. Love, Lottie. We're trying with the sports and the hydration. It's difficult, okay? But we're doing our best. We're trying to take care of ourselves so we can keep on doing this. Because while doing this, we're sitting and we're drinking alcohol. Cheers. Hey, cheers. Okay. Thank you, Lottie, for the wonderful email. Thank you so much for coming back to us for the second time. You are truly our biggest supporter and we love you for it. Now, the other email is from Sarah. Sarah actually recently became our patron and we're going to do you a proper shout out, Sarah, in our regular episode. We're going to kick off the season three with you. Your headline is summoning episode Chloe is boring. Yes. Got to admit it. When I listen, I usually find myself nodding along in agreement with Vera. Woohoo! I don't like admitting that, but here we are. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. When it comes to Chloe, I lean towards Lena's point of view. Ha! I should have just skipped that sentence, whatever. The problem with Chloe is she makes being good boring. Which is something that Lena has been saying for a while, by the way. Let's use Ella as an example here. Ella is a good person, whether you measure her against the morals of the show or real life. Ella is a good egg. She is also funny, smart, and has buckets of charisma that explode into unicorn farts around her. I'm happy when Ella is on screen. I'm even happier when she is on screen with Lucy or Mace. Chloe doesn't have that effect. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't dislike Chloe. I just wish she was a little less boring. Give her a hobby or something. I mean, what does Chloe like? If you pulled her name out of the hat for Secret Santa, you would end up buying her soap and bubble bath. Boring. I need to stop here for a second. I think that bubble bath or soap, if it's proper one, is a great gift. It's boring. Useful, nicely smelling. Boring. And universal. Boring. Universal. Boring. Whatever. Back to the email. Give her something other than police work, please. Just make her slightly more three-dimensional. In fact, that is a challenge I set for Lena and Vera. What detail would you add to Chloe's life to make her more interesting? Without changing her personality, what would you give her to liven her up? Sarah. So thank you, Sarah, for that. Thank you for that question. Amazing text. I agree with everything you said, obviously. Especially the part where you were praising me. But I feel like you put it quite more eloquently than I have in the past. So thank you for that great summary. And also, thank you for the amazing challenge. Vero, which one of us goes first? You go first because I've decided consciously, this this was a conscious decision actually, that I was gonna think of something on the spot because as much as I love Sarah, she is a chaos impersonated and I wanted to honor her chaotic self by being chaotic in answering her question. And also you wanted to hear what I say before you decide what you're gonna say. Yes, that is also correct. So I thought about this and I would have Chloe get a hobby and as a hobby I would have her start martial arts not a martial arts with just focus on the fighting like Krav Maga I would have her pick one with the whole moral spiritual level the chi part and how everything is connected with everything because it would work super well with her being a proper badass because Chloe is a badass good kick-ass person it would work great with her being a cop a protector 
but it would also really work well with her being a good and moral person. And yes, I am fully aware that this would make her even more like Karen Murphy in The Dresden Files. And to be honest, Chloe to me is a boring version of Karen Murphy. So this challenge for me was how do I make Chloe more like Karen Murphy? And the only thing that is missing is martial arts and a motorcycle. So Chloe would not drive a motorcycle, but I can see her doing martial arts. I think that Chloe should get a dog because dogs make everything better. She's never home. What would she do with a dog? She would use it for work. Do you know, like we've talked about the old Commissarian Rex type of shows. So the... <laughs> No, no. There is this show in Austria. Is it Austrian or German? I think it's Austrian, right? It's set in Vienna. Anyway, so there is a show which I loved dearly when I was younger. And it was a German show where uh, the main character was a German shepherd who had his own detective. And the detectives changed, but the dog was still the same. And I loved watching that because you got to watch a dog on telly doing all this like really cool stuff. And German shepherds are really, really beautiful. So I think that if Chloe would have gotten a dog that she could work with. I mean, I know that she already has Lucifer, but having a dog would give her something to do on free time. It would be cute to look at and she could train him properly, obviously, because she has a very strict routine, I'd say. So she could train him well enough and she could take him to a training ground or whatever. So that would be like essentially the good and cute version of martial arts. And that would make her more interesting for me. So that is enough of emails. You're welcome, Sarah. This is what you get when you ask a good question like that. So final part of the feedback segment are our reviews. In season two, we have repeatedly asked, mentioned, maybe sometimes even begged of you to write us iTunes review and I really must say you have risen to the occasion several of you have written us reviews and all of them have been lovely so really really thank you all for writing us reviews if you have not done so yet you really make a huge difference for the podcast because the more positive reviews we get the easier it is for other people to find us I want to mention two reviews or two reviewers in particular. One is Count Drunkula1980, who wrote that we forensically pick apart Chloe and Lucifer's relationship. And I just love the phrasing on that one. So thank you very much for that. And also, just like Vero mentioned earlier in her part, Music Lover 46 wrote that we sometimes even introduce new perspectives. And that is exactly what we hope to be doing. Besides just being entertaining, we also hope that sometimes when we talk about stuff, it will give you a new point of view or way to look at certain things. So it's nice to see that it seems to be working. Yay! So thank you for any review you have done. And if you haven't done so, thank you if you are willing to take the time to do it. Now, we're going to talk a little bit very, very quickly about Patreon. And before we do, we're going to have to reward ourselves. Oh, God. Chris Scott. <laughs> How do I swallow after that? Oh, no, there's vodka on my laptop. Yeah, that's what you get for... No, everything's fine. Let's go. <laughs> Up fat. Which one of us is going to be the leading person in Patreon part? Let's roll the dice. Oh. Did you forget we had a dice? No. 
three, two, one, roll to die. Well, that's gonna be yours. You think so? I have a four. Oh, fuck. I have a seven. That's gonna be yours. Okay, in the next segment, we're gonna talk a little bit about our Patreon. We didn't do any major changes this time. However, we have decided to make it a little bit more intriguing to use to join our cheapest tier, which is the Heathens, where you pay only one euro per month. And so far, you've had access to our Discord for that tier and a shout out. We have decided to include early release in that, just in case anybody would be interested in getting your episodes on Monday with all the believers. Because waiting sucks. And we love you and it's only one euro a month. So if you want to and can afford it and want to support us at least a little bit, even that one euro will help us cover all the expenses that we have with the podcast, which is primarily what we use the Patreon funds for. It's not like we're making massive money on that. So we are essentially using the money from Patreon to cover our monthly fees and all the things that we have invested into the podcast, which is things like equipment or the stickers for the Believer patrons and all the little details like that. So if you can spare a euro or five a month, we will happily welcome you on the other side of Patreon. Also, if you decide to become a lovely Believer, we also talked about certain benefits for you lovely people and while you are not getting new stuff we are gonna make the stuff that you get even better because our lovely believers do get all the cut content and in the future we are not just gonna put the leftovers in there no 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 we are gonna create content deliberately that is gonna be put in there for the next bit about patreon we do have access to discord included in there and there is a whole bunch of things that we are planning for the discord with the people that we already have there and with everybody who will decide to join us there we have talked about different possibilities and stuff. We will not tell you what it is. You have to join to see and experience, but I can guarantee you that it's going to be fun and I hope that you're going to be able to participate on that because I, for one, can't wait. There's going to be joy for ears and eyes to come. We also decided that for the time being... And because of the feedback that we got from the people who responded, there is no need for a third tier as of now. So we are focusing on our wonderful heathens and on the most wonderful believers. So thank you, thank you, thank you all of you who already joined and thank you in advance to everybody who would decide to show up for our Patreon and specifically for the Discord because the Discord is going to be amazing and thank you for listening for the ones who don't want to get spoiled because now Da-da-da. there is a moment Da-da-da. we will start talking about spoilers spoilers now an actual spoiler warning not just my version but the honest version to while the music is playing. And once the music stops, we are gonna be in spoiler territory. And it's gonna be spoiler time. We'll be talking season three and we can be spoiler free. Spoiler time. 
One last warning for you. This is how much we love you too. It's happening, people. If you don't want to get spoiled, please turn this off. Where was this taken from? It's closing time. I don't know that. Do you not know closing time? Ah, it's time again. And for the umpteenth time this episode, one of us is gonna lean the microphone towards the laptop speakers as we play music. Do you not know the song? No, is this just a song or is it from somewhere? No, it. I'm pretty sure it has been used somewhere, but it's called Closing Time. It's by Semisonic and it's the song that all the bartenders know to play when you're trying to kick people out of the door. Okay, I hope that everybody who hasn't seen season three and after is gone by now. If you're not, get the fuck out of here if you don't want to know what's gonna happen. Because we're gonna talk about stuff. You were forced to listen to me singing. You were forced to listen to us bullshitting. It's time for you to leave if you don't want to hear what's about to come. We can't do any more than we've already done except have the penultimate porn shot. Let's get down to business. Upfront! Oh, we both have yellow! Yay, yellow! Oh, I dropped my earphones, I can't hear you. <laughs> Time. Final part. About the spoilers. And the final part is in two parts. One is, what do we remember of season three? I mean, I feel like I barely remember my own name right now, so... Be warned, it might include things from season four, five and six, because who knows what we remember. And the second part and the final part of this summoning episode is, what do we think will happen in season three? Do you want to start or should I start? Should we roll a die? Let's roll the dice. Three, two, one. I already rolled. What do you have? I have a five. I have a 13. I am a winner. Why did I suggest this? I keep losing. <laughs> for the next one, we should go for the foresight. No, you see, we should have played by the German rules because then I would have kept winning. Because in a dark eye, which is a German pen and paper, the low number is better. Whatever. So season three is the cane season, right? I remember Tom Welling and his pretty, pretty eyes. He has pretty eyes? Blue eyes. I think. I don't know. I don't remember much right now. But I remember Tom Welling and being completely oblivious towards the fact that he used to be on Smallville. As who? As Superman. He's Clark Kent in Smallville. That's why he's so expensive to get to cons. Okay. <gasps> Isn't he blonde on Lucifer? No, he's gray on Lucifer. Yeah, but like light-haired. There's over a decade between Smallville and... Yes, pretty sure, yes. You know, I remember one thing from Smallville, and that is in the pilot episode have you ever watched smallville i've seen a few episodes but i never actually watched it the pilot has one of the most hilarious parts of television ever in it because it's before clark kent becomes clark kent before his uh meteor crashes on earth and so they are in smallville and mama kent who is not a mama yet is in the store and there is this tiny girl and she wears a fairy costume and Mama Kent looks down to her like, oh, you're so cute. It's Lana, like his love interest in the show. And she basically looks down to her like, oh, you look so cute. And I'm a fairy princess. Want to make a wish? And then she uses her fairy stick. And it's very obvious that Mama Kent wishes for a baby. And then the meteor crashes and kills Lana's parents. And it's just like storytelling wise. It's just this, what? 
And I watched this pilot. I was like, okay, if they keep this sarcasm in the show, this is going to be one of the best shows ever. They didn't. Of course, because it's teenage drama. So I remember there is Tom Welling. I remember he has a very pretty eyes. I remember that he is Kane and he's immortal, I think. So there is the thing that happens at the end of season two where Lucifer is punched in the head. And I'm pretty sure that Chloe was there somehow around the corner. And Lucy just didn't know. And he gets punched by some bad guy. And has nothing to do with this guy. But whatever. Something happens. And Kane shows up. And tries to seduce Chloe. Because he believes that if he seduces her. He's gonna become mortal. As Lucifer did. And obviously that didn't work. And everybody dies. Including Claudia and Lucifer. At the end of the show. Bye. You remember pretty much similar to the stuff that I remember. I also remember Chloe was close. Because that's the reasoning why Lucifer was knocked out. Kane shows up in disguise, which is revealed later on because his disguise is a police officer. I remember that Chloe hooks up with his police persona. I don't remember why, but I remember that it made no sense when I watched it first. So I'm really curious if it simply doesn't make sense or if I didn't pay enough attention. No, I think that it makes sense because he shows up and he has this reputation because he moves from town to town being a police officer and he starts courting Chloe. Yeah, who is in love with Lucifer and it's over a course of such a short amount of time. It made zero sense to me when I watched it. Okay, I remember it made sense to me because he is trying to get on with her and she is heartbroken over Lucifer. Yes, and she's acting like an idiot and like I said, we'll see. Which now it feels a little weird because at the end of season two it feels like they are finally in like a strong friendship. So maybe she's just over him. I don't know. I don't remember. I hated the fact that it was working, but it was working for me. It wasn't working for me at all. I seem to remember that Linda and Amenadiel hook up, but I'm not sure if that was season three or four. I don't know if it was season three or four, but I remember hating that with passion. But you also don't know if it was season three or four. I think it's season three. Because I'm not sure. Season five, she has the kid. I think season four, she's pregnant with it. Season four, she's pregnant and she's, she plops it out. So season three is probably when they have sex. Yeah. And I remember watching, there is a scene where they sit on a beach and they have a conversation. And I was watching this and we stopped the episode and I looked at my sister and I said, this is a beautiful friendship. I hope that they won't end up fucking because that will ruin it for me. And they end up fucking. Preach it, sister. Preach it. I was so upset because why can't we have a male and a female characters to be friends? just friends and there would be nothing sexual about it. I was so upset because it just seemed like such a beautiful solid friendship. And they had a great base for this friendship and there was no reason to turn it sexual. I agree fully with you. I was so angry. So that's the strongest thing I remember from season three. Also I remember that Charlotte and Dan become a thing? Do they? I'm not sure. I think so. I think Dan tries and she blows him off. I seem to remember that they become a thing and basically like the moment they become a thing Charlotte dies. Is that in season 3? I think so. I feel like that must have been in season 4 because then he's super heartbroken in season 5. But he's already starting to get over it in season 5 and season 4 is so short. I seem to remember that it was basically Dan striving for happiness 
is not getting, not getting, not getting it. And the second he gets it, it gets once again ripped out of his hands. And I was very over the torturing of Dan. I mean, he was a dick in season one, so he probably deserves it. No, he redeemed himself 120% for me in season two. And he does not deserve what is coming for him. Probably. I don't remember that, actually. Oh, do you remember something else? In which season do Ella and Dan fuck? Season four. That's four. Okay, I wasn't sure. I'm like 90% sure that's season four. Do they actually fuck? Yeah, on the... It's a one-night stand on the science table. Do they fuck or do they just make out? I was pretty sure it was a fuck. I don't remember. Honestly, I know that there's some... Something happens, but I don't know if they go all the way. Okay, and so the final thing I remember about season three, I did not like it. We have the weird... Because the thing is that season three is the one which was supposed to be the last, but nobody told them. So they got the extra couple of episodes where they try to tie it up. And it did not work for me at all. I understand why everyone was so upset about this being the last thing. Because don't they end season three with Lucifer revealing himself to Chloe? With like closing... The wings around her. Yeah, yeah, the, the super famous thing. Which is an amazing picture. Like that frame. Wow. It's gorgeous. It's amazing. But imagine that this is the last of a show you see. Well, at least it went out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> but like I absolutely understand why people were so vigilant to get more oh yeah absolutely absolutely I just don't understand why Fox decided to cancel that uh, as far as I know they got bought and as part of the merger that happened with the main company certain things were being cut off I understand that but I feel like Lucifer was one of the biggest shows that they had and apparently revenue wise it wasn't because money speaks. I kind of love the fact that that happened because now it got moved to Netflix and currently it's the most streamed show in the world. Genuinely, I'm not sure because it may have happened that The Boys surpassed it in the last week. I'm pretty sure that I've seen somewhere that The Boys are catching up on Lucifer or maybe surpassing it. But Lucifer is one of the most watched shows in the world currently. So I feel like the execs from Fox must be hitting their heads against the wall. It's not the first time they cancelled a show they shouldn't have. Firefly! They cancelled so many shows over the years. They also cancelled Almost Human, which is another amazing Carl Urban show. I hate the politics behind these things. It just upsets me a lot. Anyway, basically the final thing that I remember about season three is that I did not like it. And when I got into Lucifer, it was after we had already learned that it was gonna be picked up. So I knew that season three was not gonna be the end. And honestly, had this been the end, I probably would have stopped watching. Like, had I been in there earlier and then not bothered with the future seasons. But since I already knew that it was only like a matter of time until Netflix put out the new episodes, I was very happy that... This was not gonna be it and like I still saw a bit of the Twitter Save Lucifer stuff happening. I'm gonna apologize in advance. I'm gonna have a lot of issues with this season. I remember that there are a few episodes who are brilliant but overall I'm gonna be a very difficult host. <laughs> 
Listen, no, you've said that before. Negative Nancy. Sorry, that's the word I was looking for. And you ended up changing your mind on a lot of these things. Not on all of them. Because I have you. And you still have me. Don't worry, I'll be here throughout the entire season three to make your experience bearable. You've changed my mind on many, many things. So I hope we can continue doing this. Just like I hope that I can continue pointing out certain areas to you. And give our dear listeners new points of view that they haven't considered yet so last part of the evening so what do we think will happen in season three i think that we pretty much put it together so what do we think we think that there's gonna be a thing with the wings right oh fuck i forgot to mention that i remember the self-actualizing oh the self-actualizing and i'm pretty sure there is a scene where lucifer keeps cutting off his wings and they just come back and he just leaves them around the penthouse and it's a bit gross and it's a bit weird it's amazing it's one of the things i love it's perfect so what's gonna happen is that lucifer's gonna come back with wings he's gonna lose his devil face somehow he's gonna try to tell chloe who he is but chloe's gonna just think that he's about to poop i remember that Hmm? he's gonna try to show her his devil face and it's not gonna work and she's gonna just look at him just like are you okay you look like you're about to poop i had totally forgotten that and then what's gonna happen is that kane's gonna show up why doesn't he show her his wings because i don't know i don't remember they're gonna tell us i agree with you lucifer is coming back and he's gonna try to prove to her that he's the devil but all his devil parts are not working anymore <laughs> that's <what. laughs> so and then kane shows up isn't he there from the beginning he's probably there from like episode two or three there's many episodes i don't think he's in episode one i think he shows up in episode two or three is it season three the season with the sinner man yeah but he's not physically there from episode one kane's gonna show up and he's gonna try to get on with chloe and lucifer is not gonna be happy about it and they're gonna get into a big fight and chloe's not gonna sleep with kane because she realizes that she loves lucifer too much to betray him and lucifer's gonna decide that he's gonna go for it just to stop kane from sleeping with her and in the end he's gonna show Chloe who he really is and that's gonna be the end. I have an idea. All what we remembered only covered certain characters. We did not mention Mace or Ella. Yeah, I do not remember anything about them. Exactly. So you know what? What do we think will happen with Mace and Ella? Okay, Ella. We're gonna get our Ella episode. I would be so happy if we get our Ella episode. That would be so great. I believe that we will get our Ella episode in some way and I believe that we're gonna get to meet more of her family and we're gonna get to learn a lot more about her character will ella learn more about lucifer i think he's gonna tell her but she's gonna just take it the way she's taken it so far i don't think that she's gonna know who he is by the end of the season as for mace i think because i honestly don't remember i only know where it ends up in season five but i don't remember season three mace i think it's one of two ways 
either they are going to continue with the two steps forward, two steps back, which would effectively kill Mace as my favorite character because she survived season two as my favorite character just because of the marriage she had from season one, to be honest. So if they continue with her as they have in season two, then Mace as a character for me is going to be dead. And so I don't think, but I do hope from the bottom of my heart that Mace gets to keep any kind of development and character evolution that she goes through. I think that Linda nearly dying is gonna be extremely important for Mace because Linda is her very first mortal friend. Because Trixie is so young and as a child she usually is not in that much danger in the everyday happenings. And with Linda being so close to death, this is gonna be extremely important for Mace. I can see her be overprotective on Linda to a point that it might be annoying. And I hope that this is a part that is gonna let her grow. So that is my my wishful thinking for Mace. And with Ella, I have to say I 100% agree with you. I don't have much opinion on Mace because I honestly can't remember. So your thing sounds reasonable and good type of wishful thinking. Yeah, uh, wishful thinking is so nice. Okay, well, after the amount of time that we spent with you and that you spent with us listening to all of our complaints and opinions and feedback, which we thank you wholeheartedly for, it is time to say goodbye. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening all over again. Please follow us on social media. Please send us everything that you think of us or the podcast to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. Or if you have questions or challenges for us, as you heard today, we really do like challenges. Yep, it's all fun. Or you can go to patreon.com slash podcast to see what we offer there to help us support the show and invest a little bit more into what we do. So thank you. Thank you. And bye. bye. <laughs> you seem so skeptical. That was so weird. Yeah, because you had to wing it because you didn't have notes. Yeah, made yeah. it.